where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. God has hidden unlimited treasures in his word. Every time we open it, we can discover a new treasure or admire an old one. What will we find today? Let's dig in. Here's Carla Early with Treasure Hunt in the Word. In our last pivotal moment, we met Zacchaeus, who ran and climbed a tree to see Jesus and put himself in Jesus' path. In today's story, the seeker came all the way from Ethiopia to Jerusalem to find the Jewish God. As you probably know, Ethiopia is in Africa. Of course, the border would have been different back then. The kingdom of Ethiopia was south of Egypt. That's quite a journey. He traveled all the way to Jerusalem, possibly for the queen of Ethiopia, but possibly on his own. As a eunuch, he would not have been able to have access to the temple or the opportunity to become a full Jew because he couldn't be circumcised. But he had definitely been seeking God and hadn't found him. So he'd probably left Jerusalem rather disappointed. While in Jerusalem, he most likely bought a copy of Isaiah. Now, this was the largest scroll you could buy. If it had been any longer, it would have been broken into two scrolls, like First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, and we would have had First and Second Isaiah. So reading this large, unwieldy scroll in a moving chariot would have been a feat in and of itself. He was reading it aloud, which means he'd learned Hebrew somehow. He'd gone to such great lengths to find the God of the Jews. But don't worry, God was not going to leave him out. He would return to Ethiopia with what he'd been seeking, a relationship with the living God. At this point, God sent Philip to him. Philip heard him reading aloud from the scroll and asked, Do you understand what you're reading? That's a good question. The Bible isn't meant to be read without the Holy Spirit to clarify things. And beginners tend to get bogged down, especially in the prophecy part. I think it was to the eunuch's credit that he was already in chapter 53 and still didn't understand. But he knew this was God's word, and he didn't want to miss it. He eagerly accepted Philip's offer to help and invited him up into the chariot. In Acts 8, 32 and 33, we see what he was reading. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shear is silent, he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. If you've ever read Isaiah 53, you'd recognize that this chapter is all about Jesus and his crucifixion. The details are so clear. But if you didn't know about Jesus, it would make absolutely no sense. Jewish scholars at the time, and still now, didn't know what to make of this passage. They had long arguments about it. Did Isaiah or someone he knew go through this suffering? Or was it a messianic prophecy? They didn't know. And since the crucifixion didn't come along until the Romans, the main way to capital punishment was stoning. And that didn't fit this passage at all. It was all a muddle until Jesus' crucifixion then people who knew the detailed accounts of Jesus' death could easily identify it with this passage written centuries earlier. In verse 35, it says, Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. You know, we could start almost anywhere in the Bible and tell people about Jesus, because he's throughout the Bible. 
that would be a good thing to practice sometime. Let's take a quick look into Isaiah 53 and see what we could immediately connect with Jesus. In verses 3 through 5, it says, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. That sounds like Jesus taking the punishment for our sins on the cross. Verse 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We're like sheep with God as our shepherd. But then God became a sheep like us, our Passover lamb. And remember what he had read in verse 7. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet opened not his mouth. Like a lamb led to slaughter, like a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. And then verse 9 says, And when they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death. He wasn't buried in a pauper's grave, but in a rich man's tomb. And then verse 12 says, Because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. That's what Jesus did. This was the pivotal moment. God had sent Philip there so that the Ethiopian eunuch could find what he'd been searching for, salvation. The thing I love about the Ethiopian eunuch was that he was so eager to know God. He went to great lengths to seek him out. Proverbs 8.17 says, Those who seek me diligently will find me. Pivotal moments in our lives are so much more evident when we're looking for them, praying for them, seeking God's will, studying his word. And if we are God's children, we have the Holy Spirit to teach us and help us understand God's word. How eager are you to learn? How diligently are you seeking him? You can contact us at treasurehuntintheword at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to share a treasure God has given you by doing an episode, please contact us. You can listen to other episodes on our website, which you'll find in the description below. Thanks for listening, and remember, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also.